Hi, Girly Pops. It's Mackenzie. And Skyla. And welcome back to She, she Said, Said It. we start with why the hell we missed a week okay yeah um i think skyla <laughs> should tell the story okay so <laughs> last week we were planning on doing a tipsy episode yes which we still want to because that'll be really fun yes definitely um we were going to do a tipsy episode, maybe like play a fun game. It was going to be super fun. Yeah, tell silly stories. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 11 a.m. hits, and we're just at the country club bar. Just rum punch, rum punch, <laughs> rum punch. Well, and we were dressed in matching outfits because we decided to take do a photo shoot there oh, yeah. for like the rebrand of the podcast because mm-hmm. we officially have an actual photo of us. Yeah. So here we are, like, 11 a.m. at the country club in matching outfits, <laughs> just drunk off our ass. And we're having the bartender take photos of us with, like, a nice Canon camera. So it's flashing with us and our drinks. And he's, like, he was awesome. Oh, he was, he's like, like oh, moving around those. different angles of the bar. And he's, like, okay, how is this look? And mm-hmm. he was really cool. He was really cool. But he poured heavy. He, oh, my God. <laughs> he poured, yeah. like, over three-fourths of the cup with Malibu. And they were tall glasses. Yeah. It was a... I can't even, like, really think about it. Because it, like, really grosses me out. So... And, I, okay, so did you eat that day? No, we just had what we ate at the you club. You didn't eat either? I thought you had at least had something. Oh, no, I had the egg. I had an egg. Okay, so I had not eaten anything... And we decided to split cauliflower tacos, mm-hmm. which were delicious, but it was not enough food for the amount yeah. of alcohol we were drinking. Yeah. And of course, I'm like, oh, like this is good, this is good. And Skyla goes, I just, I don't think we should eat a lot because then we'll lose like the buzz. The buzz. And I'm like, okay, let's just split something. And I'm like, bad idea. It would have been fine if we didn't get that last drink, in my mind. The to-go one or the one before the to-go? The one before the to-go. Okay, I agree. I was like, the to-go wouldn't have changed anything. No, 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 no. So, uh, sitting at the bar, I think we each had... Four. Four. And then we also each took one to go. But we also had a drink before that. So, when we were taking photos, we decided to have a pregame. So, I had an espresso martini. And I just had a mojito. So while we were taking photos, we were already drinking. Then we went and sat at the bar and had four rum punches each. And then we <laughs> took one to go each. Because I was like, oh, we can sip this while we film. We were like, long gone. So I was like, okay. I was definitely like tipsy for sure. And I kept telling you at the bar, I go, Skyla, I'm drunk. And you're like, you're fine. You're fine. And I, was I'm like, like, I was like, you're fine. You have no idea. Skyla. No, I know. I know. I know. So yeah, we're just like being obnoxious at the bar basically. Yeah. And then we decided it's time to go. And we made the valet boy take photos of us. Yeah. <laughs> 
outside. So there's three guys who work at the valet at my country club and they're all like super cool. But there's one who's like young. I think he's only 20. He might be 21, but I think he's only 20. He's a really tall, has a porn stash. Yeah. He's a cutie. I just handed my phone. I, good thing I didn't give him the Canon camera because that would have been even more obnoxious. I just handed him the phone. I don't even remember this until after the fact when I looked through my camera roll and found those photos. And I was like, oh my God, we did this. So I was like, will you take photos of us? And he was like, I don't even remember what he said. Well, I do. He, he was just like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's probably, he's just, like everyone there, I think is so used to like just older people. Yeah, he did seem like... I don't know if, like, sheltered is the word. He just was very quiet. Yeah, I think he was, like, kind of skeptical. But like, he was this also... doesn't happen. He was down for it. He yeah. was, like... He was totally down. And we made him take photos of us kissing yeah. outside of the country. And I <laughs> didn't... When I saw those photos, I was like, oh, my God. I forgot that we had him take these photos of us. And then I saw a picture of us kissing, and I was like... Oh my god, I can never show face again here. I can never show face again. Oh, yeah. So then we come home and I like get everything set up. I pull the tripod out, get like ready to film. I get the microphones ready. And Mackenzie, she's like, I just need to go to the bathroom really quick. And I'm like, okay. So I'm getting all set up. I get us water bottles. Mm -hmm. Like I put our to go drinks, you know, like on our little setup. And then I'm, like, sitting here, kind of, like, twiddling my thumbs, <laughs> waiting on Mackenzie. And I'm kind of, it's kind of been a while. So I'm, like, okay, I'm going to go check on her. I'm not really sure what's going on. Her bathroom has, like, automatic lights. And it had been so long that she was in there. So when I walked past the bathroom, the, like, the lights weren't on. And I was, like, oh, I, like, oh, maybe she, like, left and, like, went in a different room. Or, like, I wasn't really sure. I'm like, I'm just going to check. So I, like, open the bathroom door. <laughs> and before the lights can register that somebody, there's, like, motion, I just see her laying on the bathroom floor. <laughs> and immediately, I'm like, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't even know. I was like, are you okay? Like, I was like, I'm fine. I just need to rest. Yeah, you're I like, I just need to rest. I'm like, okay. So then I came back out. I, like, got your water bottle for you. You got me, like, a wet washcloth. I got her a cold washcloth at the back of her neck. And I was like, she just needs a minute. Yeah. I was like, it's fine. So I go back in there, and I'm like, I put the, I make her sit up. And I put the washcloth around the back of her neck, and I give her her water. And then she immediately starts yelling at me to get out of the bathroom. Well, and you put... So you also wanted to record me. I did. Well, because I thought it was, like, a silly little moment where I was going to record, like, me giving you the water bottle and the washcloth. Yeah. And it'd be, like, a cute little moment. But then as I'm doing that, I had my phone set up on the vanity in the bathroom. And I'm, like, doing all this for her. And then she just goes, Skyla, I'm gonna puke. You have to get out of here. And so panicked because I can't handle the puke, I leave my phone in the bathroom while she's puking. Recording. Recording. <laughs> so that I'm stuck out here. No phone. No way to, like, distract myself from what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I just, like, pulled out my iPad and was just, like, on TikTok on my iPad and then eventually I was like, the lights were off in the yeah. bathroom again. So. Well, because I 
did my business. Yeah. I was fine until Skylar made me sit up. And, like, the motion of me sitting up, I was like, oh, God. It would have happened anyways yeah. eventually. So then though. when I was done, I just – literally, I, one, I did one minute. It was quick. I, like, got everything out that I needed to get out. And then I just – I plopped back down on the floor. The lights eventually turned off again. <laughs> and I was just, like, in darkness. Yeah. And I was like, there's nothing – I can't – I'm not going to get up. Like, yeah. I'm not – so then at this point, I'm like, okay, we're not recording. No. So I had to text Blake from my iPad, like, hey, will you come pick me up? Because he was already planning on, like, picking me up. So he's, like, on his way. And then when I realize that the lights are dark in there, I go in there and, like, get my phone and immediately delete the video that was recording that whole time you were puking. You couldn't even watch it. Because I, like, could not watch it. And Blake took a photo of me on yeah. the floor. yeah. I didn't realize how much time had passed. A lot. And then all of a sudden, like, I could hear Blake. And I think the only thing in my mind was like, oh, my God, show him Frankie. Show him Frankie. Because he hasn't seen my puppy since he was super small. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I want him to, like, make sure he sees Frankie. But I, like, did not move a muscle. And then you said, like, bye. Love you. Text me when you're awake. And I was like, bye. Didn't even know that he had snapped a photo. Yep. And then I think I proceeded to lay there. I don't know how much longer. Maybe another like hour. <laughs> Maybe a little more. And then I got up, FaceTimed you really quick. Yeah. And then I went to bed. It was 7 p.m. <laughs> and I went to bed for the night. Like didn't wash my makeup off. Nothing. Yeah. And I had slept for like 12 hours. I was exhausted after that. Yeah. Like, that night, Blake had picked me up, and I was fine. I definitely, like, didn't need to drink that much. So mm-hmm. I was, like, oh, kind of feeling kind of poopy. We ordered Wingstop, and then I just went to bed at, like, 8. Yeah. Because I was so tired. Um, but, yeah, we definitely did not get an episode. I know. We <laughs> learned we our do lesson. It all over we learned again. our lesson, though. Like, we, I think that we shouldn't drink rum punch. I think we should get, like... <laughs> margaritas or something because those are smaller they don't put them in as big of a glass i feel like the country club always over pours the drinks always yeah. which is not necessarily a bad thing but i think we just yeah. need to drink like two drinks yeah eat, both eat a meal and then we can like take one to go to sip while we're here yeah. like just half it and see how that goes but we need to i'm not ready for that I'm not ready. We either. already have our next like two, three episodes planned. Yeah, I'm not so ready. Probably next month we'll do a tipsy episode. I need a break from drinking. Yeah. So, also, I don't know like what stars aligned for me, <laughs> but basically, my family friend came to the club to take pictures of us because mm-hmm. we were trying to do it on self timer, and then it just was like way too hard. So she came stopped by really quick and took some photos and then she was like hey do you want to babysit tonight which they she lives right next door to me and I've known them for 10 years so I've known both her kids since like before they were born so I'm like super close with the kids and I was like yeah but I might be a little tipsy and she's like oh like it'll be fine like I don't really mind I just they're going out of town for like a whole week so she was like I just want help while I like get everything packed and ready and stuff she's like so it's just like really chill and I was like yeah I can come like maybe around six and she was like okay And then I didn't even think about this because I was too busy just, like, wanting to just sleep and stuff. But I was like, 
forgot that I had agreed to babysit, and mm-hmm. I was on the bathroom floor. Yeah, and while Mackenzie's on the bathroom floor, I, her phone was out, like, with me, and so I checked her phone, because I was like, okay, it's like an hour before she said that she was going to babysit. I wonder if, like, she had texted you or yeah. anything. And I checked Mackenzie's phone, and by the grace of God, she had texted Mackenzie saying, like, we don't need you tonight. She said her, she had to take her husband <laughs> to the hospital to get his appendix removed. <laughs> like, what and are I the was odds? Like, what are the odds? She was like, don't worry, Grammy is coming over right now to watch the kids. I have to take him to the hospital. He has to get his appendix out. Yeah, and so when I saw that, I was like, okay. I'm not even going to, like, bother Mackenzie waking her up. Like, I didn't even tell you. Yeah. Because I was just like, it's fine. But as soon as I saw that text, I was like, okay. We're good. Thank goodness. I, yeah. Well, and thank God that she just was like, I'm just going to get Grammy to come here and do it. Instead of asking me, like, can you come right now? Yeah. Like, thank God she was just like, I'm going to cover my bases and go. Yeah. Yeah. Or else I would have been screwed. (laughs) Like, she wouldn't, Uh. like, it would have been fine, but... It just would have been miserable. Yeah. Yeah, no. It was definitely an odd day. It's a memory. It is a memory. And, and we got such good photos. Like We did. We are obsessed. We are. We are obsessed. So it's worth it. Yeah. In the end. And I think we're going to officially announce our podcast. On our Instagrams. On our like personal mm-hmm. Instagrams. Which Mackenzie knows. I'm like so oh nervous about just because people are mean people are mean people are really mean i'm not i'm not as worried just because like now that i live in colorado every single person that i'm friends with here in colorado are just like really good people and they're super Mm -hmm. supportive so i just am lucky that i have like I feel like more like adult friends where mm-hmm. I live, so none of them are gonna like be haters. I think maybe people from high school or I don't know. That's well, that's why I'm nervous. That's where you get more of the haters. But since I don't live where I went to high school anymore, it's like I yeah. to me I'm like it's not like I'm gonna run into anybody in the grocery store who's gonna be mean to me or anything. Yeah, but I mean I, I born and raised here, grew up here, so I just am nervous <sighs> that people are gonna be mean or like. But honestly, but like, any publicity is, is good publicity. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, give me a list not a hate. Well, but also like, it's fine. If we like, if we want this podcast to actually become like a thing and be successful uh-huh. and stuff, like everyone is gonna find out anyway. Yeah. No, it's fine. I just need to not stress about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think we're gonna do that today. We are. So we're, I think it's like the official kind of like relaunch of yeah. the new. So if you go see it, give it a like, give it a share, show a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's a little update. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we also both finished the book that we were reading, Malibu Rising. So that's the second book we've read so far in our little book club. Yeah. What did you write out of 10? I want to hear... Out of 10? I thought we were doing out of 5. Oh, what did we do last We did 5. Okay. Okay. What did you write out of 5? I'm going to say 4.2. You are such a high rater. I am. You are. I was going to give it a solid three. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll give it a four. Yeah. I liked it. I like, did too. Three is, I feel like a three out of five stars to me means like good book, 
wouldn't read again, probably won't ever think about it okay, again. Okay, I need to... Okay, I'm going to change mine to a three because I think I associate, like, anything under a four as, like, bad. I think three is a good middle ground. Okay. Like, three then, is good, okay. won't read again, probably won't ever think about again. Okay. But... Then, yeah, I, I, will give it, it. I will give it a three. I'll give it a good three. One thing Mackenzie and I talked about while we were both reading the book was the book was so detailed. Yes. Where, like, in the beginning, it was like, oh, I love all this detail. But then, like, after a couple chapters, I was like, oh, my God. It's, it was a lot. It was, it was so Insane detailed to the point. Detail. It was like, I walked outside. It was exactly, like, 60 degrees. I could hear the crystalline of the leaves and the wind in my ears. But every single like, sentence every like single, that. Like, every single thing. And at the beginning, I did like it because it, it painted a good picture. Like, you yeah. could actually visualize what was happening. Yeah. But, at, like, at one point, you're just like, I want to start, I, like... This is, like, too much info. Like I want to... Well, sometimes for me, it's, like, when it feels like it's too much, it's, like, it doesn't give me room to kind of use my own imagination. That is true. It's, it's just painting it out for me. I do like using my own imagination, for sure. Like, it's painting the whole picture, whereas other books, it paints parts, and then you can kind of... Morph it into your own reality yeah. sort of thing. I agree. Yeah. The story itself, though, I really enjoyed. I think even though... I don't know if the book's supposed to be sad or not. <laughs> I just had a feeling of like, at the end. I knew that was gonna happen, I predicted it. Did you? Yeah, I had a feeling With that like the house the... was gonna burn down. Really? Mm-hmm. Because they, they, this is spoilers if you hadn't, haven't read it, but I feel like for a long part, I mean, the, the party was hyped up, but the house itself had, like, a symbolism in the book where it's, like, this, I didn't even want this house. Yeah. This house, like, is just materialistic. Yeah. And, like, her ex-husband was the one who bought it for them and wanted the luxury, and so for her, she was living in it without him, and she was, like, I don't feel like this is my home. Yeah. So, like, the way that she had described it like that, and I feel like she kept bringing it up that's, like, it doesn't feel like home. And then once the party was, like, getting rowdy and stuff, I was like, it's going to burn down. Yeah. Well, I I didn't really feel, like, a sense of sadness. I think, like, the feeling that I felt while reading the book, like, at the end, I just felt like it was just, like, a full circle moment. Okay, yeah. It was a very mm-hmm. f- kind of full circle book where it's, like, I thought you it was leave. Yeah. You leave as satisfied as you felt when you started it mm-hmm. it was just very like a well-rounded there were there, i mean like it, there's there are a bunch of sad elements to it but nothing like but i did think that even though it like had a sad tone sometimes yeah it was still i think a wholesome book but yeah solid three out of five so yeah three i don't think that there's anything in it that i was like oh my god or no. you know anything that I was like I have to tell somebody to read this no me either mm-hmm. it was just like oh that was like it was good that was a good read yeah it was fine yeah <laughs> um next what's the book called we're reading next does it hurt I can never remember that title <laughs> it's called does it hurt by H.D. Carlton mm-hmm. and I'm really me excited too. I'm reading a book by her right now um it's called haunting Adeline and it is like 
the best book I've ever read. And I, like, do not take that lightly at mm-hmm. all. It is my favorite book, and I'm about halfway through it right now. It is so good. It is so good. You've just told me little things that are just crazy. It is so good. But there's lots of trigger warnings with the book. So definitely, like, if you're thinking about reading it, there's, like, a whole trigger warning in the beginning of the book. And then also, like, online, if you look it up, just make sure you read the trigger warnings before you, like, go and read it. Yeah, I told Skyla that I probably wasn't going to read it. It's, like, really intense. And if there's a lot of, like, really triggering subjects in it. But that being said, it is such a good book. Mm-hmm. So, The Does It Hurt by the same author, I'm, like, really excited. I am, too. I'm excited to do something more darker. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit I different read, I haven't read... Well, I guess I have. I mean, I've read a few dark books, but I'm, like, super into the Knockamount series right now by Lucy Score. There's three books, and I'm on the third one, and they're thick. They're, like, 500, 600 pages each, and so I'm almost done with the series, which is, like, so wholesome in small-town love romance. Like, it makes me want to move to a small town legitimate. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever watched the show Heart of Dixie? Mm-mm. That is, like, my comfort show. It's one of my top favorite TV shows. And it's, like, this doctor from New York moves to this small town in Alabama to become a small town doctor. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's just so So do those wholesome. books give you that vibe? Yes. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I'm loving... This is probably my favorite series I've ever read, ever. But it's very wholesome. But it's super wholesome. I mean, there are some, like... It's wholesome, and there's love and conflict and stuff, but there's also thrill. I don't want to, like, say too much because I want you to read it. I do want to read it. But there are parts that are, like, more than just a small town that it's hard to explain. But it's so good. But I do am excited to read something, like, more dark. I think Does It Hurt is going to be, like really really freaking good yeah. i'm really excited i'm really excited okay the topic we want to talk about today is anxiety mm-hmm. which is like a huge topic but i feel like we really want to like hone into our personal experiences and then kind of like personally what helps us cope with mm-hmm. anxiety so yeah I'll go first. Okay. Um, I feel like anxiety is one of my personality traits. Mm. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have struggled with anxiety literally since, like, my first memory as a kid. I can just remember instances where, like, being the center of attention freaked me out. So, like, this one memory, I had a birthday party this is when I like still lived in Michigan. I had a birthday party and it was spa. We like went to a spa and they like did facials, they did our nails and stuff. And that's cute. We all had shown up there and then they're like, okay, birthday girl, like you go into the room first. And I was like, no, 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 no. I cannot be like the only person going into this room by myself. I was like, I can't be the first one. And so I had my, like one of my best friends at the time go in for me. And they all thought that she was a birthday girl, so they're all telling her happy birthday. And I was sitting there, and I was like, aw, like, my moment is gone. But I was like, but I'm not going to go in there and be like, no, it's my birthday. I just, like, little things like that, I just remember, like, I always was worried about something. Mm -hmm. Like, I always had worry. Mm -hmm. So, let's see. I think high school was when my anxiety got really, really bad. I moved 
to a new school when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So my sophomore year of high school, I moved to, from California to Texas. And I just, like, was so anxious. Also, the people in Texas, like, the school that I specifically went to were so mean. Mm-hmm. And I know that that it doesn't seem like people in Texas would be, like, mean girl vibes, I feel like. But this one school that I went to, it was new. Like, it had just opened. And, like, my neighbor invited me over to her house, like, the day before. And she was like, hey, like, we we saw that you, like, moved in. And her and her friend were there. And they pulled out the yearbook. And they were showing me everyone in our grade. And it was like, oh, this person's cool. This person's not cool. Like, giving me the lowdown on the school. And then... They're like, oh, come sit with us at lunch tomorrow. Like, we'll, mm-hmm. you know, introduce you to everyone. And I was like, sweet. And they also were telling, they'll show, they would show me like groups of girls and be like, okay, this is a clique and this is their name. So like every group of girls was like had a specific name to their clique. Oh god. And they're like, they don't like people joining. Like it's super ex- like exclusive. And I was like, what is this? We're in Texas, people. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So I had gone to school the next day and petrified, absolutely petrified, knew, not, did not know a single soul. And I remember like I had finally made it like halfway through the day and the, my neighbor was in one of my classes and it was like right before lunch and she ignored me, pretended that she did not know me. And I was like, great, what, what am I gonna do? I don't even know where the lunchroom is. I was like, this is so bad. I was the kid, I ate lunch in the bathroom mm-hmm. every day, my sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Actually, every other day, because I did have one friend who also was a new student, and her and I would eat lunch together in the library, but it was like a block schedule, so we had different classes every other day, so yeah. every other day, I would sit in the bathroom, and I didn't mind it, actually, because I would just watch YouTube videos, because YouTube was like the thing in 2016, uh-huh. so I would just get excited to watch YouTube videos and like I didn't really care but I just like that's what really like hindered in my anxiety was like yeah I do not belong in the world I was Mm -hmm. like this is just scary people are scary I just that's when I learned to worry about everything yeah you know did the door open oh and then so high school I ended up moving back to California after that one year because it was so bad for me that my parents were like we we're gonna bring you back to California because you like they were they were gonna put me in a private school but then I was like I don't want to go to a private school so my mom and I had moved back to California for the rest of my high school my dad stayed in Texas just so I could like have a better experience but I think even though things were better for me and I was friends with all of my friends again in high school, I still carried a lot of this like anxiety that I had developed. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, what do I do with this now? Mm -hmm. Like I just, I would have to, the thing about me is like this anxiety, I felt like I had to have all the information possible. So like before I would go to a class, I would find someone who had that class and be like, what did you do today? Like I need to know before I go in, because if I go in unprepared, like I'm not going to know what to do. Like, I just needed to know all the information. I just worried about every little thing. Mm -hmm. So every single day was like, 
my mind was always racing, like anticipating the next thing. And I would never like live in the moment. I would always be like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Like, is there going to be something that happens in my next class that like I wasn't prepared for that's unexpected? Like I just was a mess. (laughs) And that's when I went to therapy for the first time when I was 17. And I didn't want to go, but my mom really wanted me to go. And I absolutely hated it. I, I just felt like my therapist, like, the things that she wanted me to do for, like, coping skills was, like, make a triangle on a piece of paper. And I'm like, this is not practical. This, like, anxiety isn't gonna be shushed by me, like, drawing figures and figuring out, like, things like that. I was like, this is not yeah. practical at all. Mm-hmm. And then she would tell me, like, you have to redirect your thoughts. And she's like, once you do it, like, a couple hundred thousand times, then it actually works. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, it worked. Like, it works for people, but you have to, like, repeat these things in your head every single day. And I'm like, this is not practical. Mm-mm. This is, like, I'm going to get discouraged after two days. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is not working for me. And then she she did mention medication and my parents, because I was 17 at the time, my parents were like, no. Like, we just don't feel comfortable with you, like, needing something. So then I stopped seeing her shortly after that, and I just thought that I was, like, a lost cause. I was like, I'm just gonna, like, always be this way, and I'm just, like, gonna have to figure out what to do. Because yeah. I was like, my, I can't go on medication. Coping mechanisms that, apparent, that I thought were the only coping mechanisms, I was like, these are shit. Like, these are not practical at all. So I was just like, maybe it's just high school. Maybe it's like once I graduate and I'm like, maybe like in a couple of years, like it'll just like slowly go away. So I was always just waiting and waiting to graduate and be done. Cause I just thought like once I was more of an adult, more independent that like those little things like going to class every day and figuring out what's going to come next, like wouldn't matter as much. And then when I went to college and it like went away, it was so weird. I went to college and I think I just felt more comfortable. I think California, even though like I had friends there, I feel like they weren't the most genuine people. Mm. And when I moved to Colorado, I felt like, wow, these are like really genuine people. And so I felt way more comfortable and I felt, and I started to thrive and I just felt like people like wanted to be my friend and like, you know, were so nice. And I was like, this is what it's like. This is why I don't have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then I got into my relationship my senior year of uh, college. And that's when my anxiety took a turn for the absolute worst it mm-hmm. has ever taken in my entire life. And I would like wake up anxious, go to bed anxious. like. I did not get a break throughout the day. Nothing, 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 nothing would help me. And like I would stop eating because I feel my anxiety in my stomach mostly. Yeah. Like, and I, I mean like my thoughts will race and like sometimes I'll like shake a little bit like I can feel it in my body, but mostly it's in my stomach. So because of that, I would, like I just stopped eating. And so I would... I just feel like I felt I like fell into this dark hole of anxiety and I like couldn't bring myself back out of it because it had never been that bad in my entire life and I was like I don't know what's gonna happen like I don't know how to pull myself out of this like it is so bad like I don't even get one minute of peace like I'll I would 
I would have to go to bed, like, up. Like, if I had laid down on my back, I would feel like I was, I would get nauseous from the anxiety, that I would have to sit up and then kind of, like, lean on a big pillow to -hmm. fall asleep, because that was when my anxiety wouldn't be as, like, nauseating. Mm -hmm. It was that bad. And so... I had actually talked to Skyla about it, and she was like, let me text my old therapist, mm-hmm. and like, she is awesome, I'll have you talk to her, and I was like, you know, I tried therapy once, and it was not for me, but anything at this point is better than what I'm experiencing right now, and I also do, I was a psychology major also, so... I did know that, like, therapy is really good and really helpful. It's just, like, you're not always going to, like, the first one you go to. Like, people shop therapists, and that's fine. So I had gone to Skyla's therapist, and I felt like that was, like, my first step towards, like, helping myself come out of this really bad hole that I was in. And talking it out with like a third party person was really helpful for me just because they're not supposed to have bias or have emotions in it like your friends and family do. Mm -hmm. And so it helped me a lot to like get it off my chest without feeling feeling like I had to leave things out because then then I'd be judged. Mm -hmm. So that helped me a lot. Reading helped me a lot too. Mm -hmm. For me, like... I get so in my head and so in my thoughts that I needed some I needed to like go into a different universe. So like reading for me, I would sit outside. Like I would try to like make all my surroundings just kind of calm. I would sit outside on my porch and I would read a book. And for like the time that I would read, it would be not, I would like start to slowly forget about things because mm-hmm. you're kind of like transporting yourself into another world and then I would also sit outside and I would journal just because I felt like journaling helped me release some of the anxiety that I was feeling like it none of this stuff makes it go away like anxiety is one of the things I feel like is the hardest thing you can make go away yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so but it would it's just like the littlest things that would help just for like 10 minutes to Mm -hmm. not feel Like, I want to burst into tears every single second. So I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of journaling. I, like, I turned my phone off. I started turning my phone off a lot because I would find myself checking it every two seconds. Like, I would, like I said, I I would always want to anticipate something happening. And so I would check it, and then I'd be disappointed when, like, what I wanted on my phone wasn't there. So then finally I, like, muted like all of my notifications and then I put it on do not disturb and I had like set it you could you can categorize it to where like I'd get notifications from my mom and my dad just for an emergency and then everything else would just go and do not disturb and I would make sure that when I would go to work like I would keep it in my locker sometimes and not bring it out on the floor with me because then I would like not have a reason to get it I would have to go all the way into the back and go all the way in the locker to grab it so like Distancing myself from one of the sources of anxiety definitely helped me. Like I said, none of this like made it go away, but
but it at least helped me get through the day better than I was getting through the day before. And then the biggest thing that helped me was finally getting on medication. Mm-hmm. I've been on Zoloft for like a year and a half now. It's also called Sertraline. And that like completely changed my life. Yeah. Completely changed my life. And what's hard is like, I don't want to like, I don't necessarily want to just like push pills on people. But as someone who has struggled with anxiety for literally my entire life, and I have struggled with it to the point where it has like debilitated me completely and like has ruined parts of my life. Mm Mm-hmm. There was nothing that was helping. There was little things that I could do to distract it. There was little things that I could do to occupy my mind in the meantime, but I always felt it there, Mm -hmm. just like kind of like a little devil on your shoulder that wouldn't Mm -hmm. go away. And so getting on medication was game changer for me, like completely game changer. I started eating more Mm -hmm. and... It doesn't necessarily, the thing that helped me is like, it doesn't necessarily make the thoughts of anxiety go away, but it made the physical aspects of anxiety go away to where I felt strong enough to like tackle the problems that I was going through. Yeah. So if the feelings in my stomach were gone, then I could eat. And if I ate, then I wasn't going to be tired. And if I wasn't tired, then I could you know, be more productive. And if I had these negative thoughts, it was easier to redirect them and and it got easier to distract them. And then it got easier to just like not think about it. I would be like, you know what? I want to just listen to music in my car right now and I'm just going to focus on the music. And it allowed me to like actually just focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And so I don't know what I would do without being on that medication, Mm -hmm. honestly. And... Like I said, anxiety is, I'm always going to have it. Like I even asked my therapist, I thought I had ADHD because I feel like my mind wanders a lot and I'm very forgetful of things. And she was like, that's all symptoms of anxiety. So I just have a very highly anxious mind. And so a lot of that can be masked and like thought to be different things, but it all just comes back down to anxiety. Yeah. But... I don't think I would be able to like conquer my day-to-day life without being on it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Yeah. And what I've also learned about anxiety is like you people, I know this is a weird concept, but people think like, "Oh, I'm good at multitasking." Technically, your brain does not multitask. Mm-hmm. You just switch between things so fast. That it feels like you can do two things at the same time. But, like, technically your brain cannot multitask. Mm -hmm. I think I learned that. I know I learned that in one of my psychology classes. So, I think distraction is one of the best coping mechanisms that you can have for anxiety. It's... You definitely have to find what distraction works for you. Because, like, like when I... Sometimes I can't read to distract it because I'm too anxious and I'm like, I can't sit still right now. Or, like, you can't even, like, focus and so you're, like rereading the page right. over and over and so over again. So it's like you have to like kind of figure out what works for you because some days one thing might work and the other day it might not work. But if you can like get yourself to do a task, 
your brain isn't going to be 100% on the anxiety because you're like, it's switching back and forth because you're technically like multitasking between what you're doing and whatever's making you anxious. Mm -hmm. So if you find something that you can stand doing, then do it. Like you're you're still going to feel anxious because it's still in the back of your mind and you switch so fast that it doesn't like completely go away but I think distraction is like the best coping mechanism because like it actually is what will turn your brain onto something else Mm -hmm. compared to anything else I mean breathing helps too I've never tried meditation Mm -hmm. um but I know like breathing helps for me when I get shaky Mm -hmm. or sometimes I get a little panicky I know breathing helps I also feel like letting yourself feel helps Like, if you feel, like, to me, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Panic attacks are really scary. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just got to let this happen and I have to ride it out because I know once I let all of this out, I'll feel better. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to cry. I need to hyperventilate a little bit. I need to just, like, get all these physical feelings out Mm -hmm. and gone. So even though feeling that way can be really scary, I think sometimes you have to let yourself feel and just push past it. So, like, I... When I'm anxious and I want to cry, I'm like, I'm just going to cry. Yeah. Because I just need to get it out. I mean, there was a moment of time where I would, I would sit on that couch right there every single day and just cry on it. Yeah. And I would go to this exact same spot to cry because I was like, I'm going to associate this with letting my emotions out mm-hmm. and like giving myself this space to do it. And then afterwards, I can kind of like go about my day a little bit better. Yeah. So that's kind of what I have worked on the past couple of years. And now, mm-hmm. since I've been on medication, I feel like I've definitely, like, no, like I know my anxiety now, and I know what triggers me. Like, I tell Skyla, I'm like, I'm not going to drink coffee today. Because mm-hmm. I can just tell that today, if I drink any sort of coffee, I'm going to start getting really anxious for no reason, just because it's like, you know, caffeine makes me anxious. So yeah. I was like... So I just, I know certain things that are going to trigger me. I'm like, I'm not going to do this today because I just, yeah. I have a, I can kind of feel that I'm on the brink of feeling really anxious. So I'm going to like try to be calm today and whether that's like also avoiding going to a certain place that makes you anxious, uh-huh. you know, being like, you know what, I'm just not going to like go to the grocery store today or I'm not going to whatever, whatever. Yeah. So just kind of like learning your body, learning like how to deescalate those situations. Mm-hmm. But it takes time, and it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you? that you yeah. feel better. Mm-hmm. I feel like even knowing you before going to therapy, and then now being with you, like, after you've been going to therapy for a while, I do feel like you just seem more, like, chilled out. Mm-hmm. Like, before therapy and all of that, you were just, like, so anxious all the mm-hmm. time. But now it's, like, you are still anxious because that's just part of you. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you handle it better. I and agree. It's, health- it's a healthy... I agree. It had gotten to a point where, like... It was unhealthy. It was mm-hmm. so unhealthy. And, like, everyone saw it because I was, like, frantic. I would, like... Uh-huh. I, I don't know how to explain it, but you could just physically see it, like, going through my veins. Yeah, I felt like being around you and you were like that made me anxious because mm-hmm. you just exuded like yeah so much anxiety but now you're calm well and, and it's chill. also like I said like d- 
distance distancing yourself from triggers yeah so like i like to say like oh my phone you know which it did help me because i like didn't want to like have to be constantly checking it but Mm -hmm. the relationship that i was in caused me to go into that anxiety spiral because he was just very abusive and Mm -hmm. That's what made me, like, go into a hole. Mm-hmm. And once I started going to therapy and, like, figuring out what helped me, it helped a lot because I think I started to learn how to cope with him. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to cope with the relationship. But it wasn't until I found a balance of everything. I was no longer in the relationship and, like, not no communication Because there was a point where, like, we weren't dating anymore, but we were still in communication. So, like, that was, like, still anxiety. Not as bad as when I was with him, but that was still a source of anxiety. So, once it went no contact, and I was consistent on my medication. I used to forget it all the time, and then it would, like, kind of... It would, like, peak a little bit, and so I, like, had to be consistent. So, I distanced myself from the triggers, no longer spoke to him, got really consistent with my medication... I started working out more. Mm-hmm. Go like Skyla has been taking me to yoga, mm-hmm. which helps a lot. I think, like I said, finding what works for you and staying consistent with it, even when it's hard, like discipline is really important mm-hmm. because you'll be glad that you did it and you'll be glad that you put through the discipline at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was like a shell of a person yeah it's like a totally different Mackenzie I know no I know Mm -hmm. it makes me sad yeah I just want to like hug myself from a year ago and just be like you should not feel like this is not normal yeah but now you can look back and it was a learning experience and it did I've learned a lot you've learned a lot Mm -hmm. from it so it's like everything happens for a reason I have learned Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. yeah but it's life yeah Mm -hmm. I feel like my anxiety is like hard to like pinpoint Mm -hmm. like I don't know I just feel like I don't even know like how to like you can tell I'm like when I'm anxious Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's like I'm more anxious about I don't even know like something bad happening Mm-hmm. I'm, like, very... I don't even know if it's, like... It's a combination between anxiety and, like, an OCD. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like... I'm always anxious that, like... Just, like, something is going to happen. It's not, like, where you were explaining, like, the anticipation kind of thing. It's not really like that. It's more, like... I don't even know. Just... Every single day, I have to check that all the all these certain doors are shut. Mm, you do that. Like, four times mm-hmm. before we leave. And I have to touch every single one. I can't just, like, look at it and walk away. Like, I have to touch it. And if I don't do that, I have to turn around. And I have to, like, go back inside and I have to do it. Because I'm just, I get anxious if I don't. Like, oh, my God, something's going to happen. So it's, like, definitely a mix between, like, an OCD thing and an anxiety thing. Or, like, another example is, like, the locking the door. Like, I know a lot of people are anxious about, like, make sure the doors are locked. But I, like, if I'm by myself and I'm locking the door, I will record myself 
on my phone a video of me locking the door. So that way, because I know, 10 minutes later when I'm driving, I would be like, oh, did I lock the door? And I can go in there and I can watch myself do it. Mm-hmm. So I like have to do it. Or like if I'm with people, I was just like, the door is locked. And Every we, time we leave, she always says, Mackenzie, the door is locked. And I have to have the other person like repeat it to me. Like, it's locked. Mm-hmm. Like Mackenzie would be like, it's locked. Or Blake's like, locked. So it's just like that kind of thing where then 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh my God, did I lock the door? And Mackenzie or Blake... Or whoever will look at me and be like, yeah, like, we talked about it. Just, like, today, like, I strained my hair. I had to take a picture of the plug. Like, just the other day, you were over, and I had strained my hair, and I was like, Mackenzie, I need you to come in the bathroom, and I need you mm-hmm. to look. That it's just, like, stuff like that. that you have I to see get. all three cats before you leave. I have to see all three cats before I can leave the apartment. And Blake's always like, you know they're in here. And it's like, yeah, but I just, I have to, like, mm-hmm. have my eyes on them. It's just stuff like that. Like, I'm always just so anxious that like something's gonna happen I don't know like what that is mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just anxious about it I'm trying to think of like other examples I don't know just just weird like OCD things mm-hmm. that I like have to do or else the world's gonna explode I don't know <laughs> I also feel like I have a lot of health anxiety, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a huge thing for me. Like, I get anxious if, like, I'm not working out. I'll get anxious. Or um, eating, I get anxious because I'm, like, is this going to make me sick? Or... Like, I'll, I'll feel a certain thing, and I just, like, have to Google it because I just am, like, so anxious mm-hmm. about, like, what is going on. I don't know. I have, like, weird anxiety where I just feel like it's just, like, it's not, like, um, a certain thing. Like, you, it was, like, I feel like it's very, like, you're worried about. I have sources. Yeah. I definitely have sources for my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could definitely tell you all the reasons. Like, I had social anxiety really bad growing right. up. And then I kind of grew out of that when I got in college. And then I had generalized anxiety. Yeah. And then I had, like, my relationship, relationship anxiety. Stuff. Yeah. So For me, I just feel like I've always been a worrier. Like, I've mm-hmm. always just been, like, worried about things. Um, and, like, the health anxiety is a big one. And then... I don't know, like, when you were saying that you would be worried about, like, being the center of attention, I feel like I'm the opposite. Like, I, not like I want to be the center of attention, but it doesn't bother me, and I get anxious, like, if things aren't exactly how I want them to be, Mm -hmm. like, perfect. Like, I am, that's, like, another, like, OCD kind of thing where it's, like, I will worry myself so much to the point where it just makes me so anxious, and then nothing ever lives up to, like... Your expectations. The expectations, and I get anxious that it's not. But then I'm like, okay, well, I'm spending my time worrying about it, so then obviously it's not going to be exactly how I want it to be. So I don't know. It's, like, hard to... Well, anxiety, I feel like, is one of the most common things that people can experience. And it's different for everybody. And, yeah, I don't think you can necessarily categorize it because... I mean, there's been days where I'll wake up mm-hmm. and I have nothing to do, nothing coming up. Like, there's literally mm-hmm. no reason and I'll just be anxious. And I'm like, why? 
yeah why I am I feeling too. this way so it's just mm-hmm. sometimes you can pinpoint it yeah and then sometimes you can't and that's just yeah. I feel like everybody anxiety is so normal mm-hmm. my anxiety yeah. is not normal mine is abnormal I think mm-hmm. but I feel like mine's abnormal in the way where it's like the OCD kind of stuff mm-hmm. like you guys do not understand like I have to like before I leave the house I have like this crazy regimen she does that I have to she do does before I leave the house and like oh like leaving the house gives me anxiety just because it's like what if I forgot to do something or all these things um and like I tried medication I was on Lexapro I didn't like that one and then I was on Buspirone and I didn't like that one either like they were fine but I just felt like it wasn't like like I liked them and like it wasn't enough of a difference to be like, oh my god, right. I like need my medication. It was just like a, okay, like maybe I feel a little bit better, but it wasn't maybe like the right combination or anything. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of things that help me is like, one, like taking pictures or videos about things that I'm worried about is like huge because I used to not do that. And then I'd have to like, go home all the time and double check or I'd have to like call my mom and be like mom can you please go look and see if I did this or whatever so now like I have the photos to like back myself but when I'm feeling anxious the main thing I do is I clean Mm. that's like my thing like I feel like if my mind is feeling cluttered and like anxious if I clean it's like I'm like cleaning my mind mm. <laughs> I don't know no that a lot like our therapist does that yeah. she because she has anxiety too so mm-hmm. she'll tell me that she'll put in like a podcast mm-hmm. and then she'll just clean mm-hmm. and that's like her way of kind of yeah calming herself I yeah I do it in silence and I just I clean and like sometimes Blake will be like oh I'll help you like just wait to do that until I get home like let me help you and it's like no like I have to do this on my own like I'm not trying to guilt you into anything like he'll be like it's, it'll be Saturday and I'm like I just like need to clean this so badly and he's like oh let me help I'm like no sit down don't do anything don't talk to me just like <laughs> let me do it because I have to do it and if I do it it makes me feel better so I feel like cleaning is a big one or just I wish I could do that I feel like my life gets cluttered. I, like, yeah. don't want to deal with it when I'm feeling mm-hmm. extra anxious. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why, I like, the place is always so clean. Mm-hmm. It is. Because I am constantly just, like, wiping the counter five times. Mm-hmm. Every time I walk past, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like an OCD anxiety mixture that just makes me feel like a crazy person sometimes because I'm like oh my god like I'm sure I look crazy to some people when I like do all these things but yeah I don't really have anything else that I really do that helps I think it all just comes back to distracting yourself and finding ways to Mm -hmm. redirect your thoughts to something that Mm -hmm. you're not going to dwell on or worry about as much Mm -hmm. I think honestly there could be like 5,000 other coping mechanisms that are backed by psychologists, but I really mm-hmm. truly think 
like finding a way to have your brain focused on something else mm-hmm. is the best thing you can do. Yeah. And like once you find what works for you, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. The easier mm-hmm. it gets to redirect your thoughts. Like I used to think not be able to redirect my thoughts at all. Like I would wallow in everything that ran through my head and mm-hmm. I would just live with it and it that's it made me sick. Like that's what made me go in a hole is because I just could not turn off my thoughts. Yeah. And then I think over time as I like pushed myself to redirect and think of something else. Now if I start like say so if I am like in the car and I start to think about my previous relationship and I think about something really traumatic that happened I can like I'll stop myself mid-thought and be like what are you doing Mm -hmm. why are you thinking about this and then I'll just be like nope I can I'm not gonna think about this right now there's no reason for me to be like triggering myself there's no reason for me to think about a triggering event and then I'll either like change the song or podcasts help me a lot I like to listen to like crime podcasts when I get anxious because you have to pay attention I feel like in order to follow along Mm -hmm. and also it makes me feel better about my situation because I'm like wow I I'm not murdered I'm not missing I'm not kidnapped Mm -hmm. so I like to find kind of I or listen to scary scary story podcasts stuff like that where like it like really shifts my mind but the more that I've done it and the more I've gotten used to it I now check myself and I'm like, oop, you're thinking about something bad. Yeah. You're thinking about something that you know you should not be thinking about and we're, we're going to redirect it. Whether that's thinking about like, oh, I'm driving to my friend's house. Let's think about that. Or let me change a song to a song that like I'll sing along to. So I'll, I'll think about that. Not just like a silly song that's on, you know, the playlist. So things like that. Mm-hmm. It takes time. But if you repeat, if you find little things and you do it repetitively, even though in the moment it feels like oh this is never gonna work this is never gonna change like trust me just keep doing it Mm -hmm. because it really it does help it takes a long time but it does work yeah okay well thanks for listening yeah and we'll see you next week with a really fun episode (laughs) (laughs) all right bye guys bye